An effective and powerful prayer life is the key to healing. Prayer is not only communing with God, it's actually releasing the covenanted promises of God into reality. Yes, it's the releasing of power. And prayer that is in agreement with God's word is prayer that's going to be powerful. And that's what we're going to be talking about today in Praying the Word of God, Part 2. Welcome to the Be Healed Podcast. I'm Steve Hannett, your host. And I want to welcome you if this is your very first time joining our listening family. The Beald Podcast is where we teach all about God's promises from His Word to heal us mentally, physically, and spiritually. Make sure that you don't miss our free gift that we are offering. It's a list of scriptures all about our identity in Jesus. It's going to encourage you. It's going to enable you to apply what you're learning even here in this podcast episode To get it, just type the word HEALING to 94,000 and you'll be able to receive the free gift. Okay, let's get ready to dive in to better understanding how to pray the Word of God. Believing God means getting into agreement with Him. It means we hear what He is saying and we receive what He is saying and it means we act upon what He is saying. This is found in the Word of God. The Word of God reveals what He is saying, what He is teaching, what He is revealing, and how He is shepherding us. Now, the devil and all the circumstances he attempts to create are working very hard to try to pull us out of agreement with what God has said. In fact, the very first temptation that the devil gave in the book of Genesis in chapter 3 was, Did God indeed say? The first temptation was an attack against the Word of God. The same thing is happening today, and many are being pulled away from the Bible because they're being deceived to think that it is not trustworthy, it is not able to help them, it's not able to bring them into God's promises. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote his spiritual son Timothy And in his second letter in chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it's God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine. That means profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Even Jesus Christ himself in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need to receive what God has put in his word, and we need to realize that the devil is trying very hard to get us to not be in agreement with what God has said in his word. This is how he keeps Christians sick. This is how he keeps people defeated. He creates or attempts to create through temptation an environment where we are no longer believing what the word of God says. And this is just, to say it as clearly as I can, spiritually dangerous because the word of God is the life and the light of God. It is the power of God. And God's word literally brings life. And to be disconnected in any way from the word of God brings harm and destruction. 
It opens doors for the devil. And when we begin to listen to what the devil says, it means we're being pastored by the voice of the devil rather than the voice of God. Now, I know that may seem extreme to many, but literally, we need to understand that Satan knows what the Word of God says. I mean, he quoted it back to Jesus during the time of temptation in the wilderness. So the devil knows the Word of God, and he's doing everything he can to try to get us to be in disagreement with it. Now, what's the solution to all this? How do, how do we respond to these demonic attacks and these things that are happening that our culture is putting down the Word of God and, and doesn't want us to agree with the Word of God and, and says things like it's filled with errors, it's nothing but fairy tales, it's written by men, it's been changed many times, but these things are just desperate attempts of the devil to try to get us to not read it. Because if we would read it, we would quickly understand that though it was penned by man, it wasn't authored by man, and that it is filled with the power and inspiration of God. In fact, at a very close inspection of the Word of God, any serious and respected researcher will find that the Bible is actually the most accurate and trustworthy document that we know of. This includes scientifically, historically, archaeologically. The Word of God is trustworthy and true. Okay, so again, what is the solution to all these attacks against the Word of God trying to disconnect us from the shepherding of the Father and disconnect us from the inspiration and power of God? Well, it's simple. We need to pray the Word of God. Again, in part one, we covered what this means. It means taking the verses of the Bible, reading them aloud, and using them to fill the content of our prayer. It means to quote the scripture in a way that puts the scripture at the front and center of our prayer. And we discussed in part one that when we pray the word of God, we pray the perfect will of God. Secondly, we saw that when we pray the word of God, we are releasing God's word, which frames or created everything. And as we begin to pray the word of God, we release the creative power of God's will into situations. I mean, isn't that why we're praying? When somebody is sick and we're praying, we're praying for a transformational change that the person who was sick is now well. The body that wasn't functioning properly is now functioning properly. The Lord Jesus is the creator. And as we release the word which created everything, we're now releasing God's power to transform. Now, the third reason that we should pray the word of God is that it takes our minds and our emotions off of the circumstances and it puts our minds and emotions upon God. This is so needed because when we're struggling with pain or sickness or disease or something that has lingered for a while or a diagnosis you may have just gotten from the doctor, we need to take our eyes, ears, minds, thoughts, emotions, feelings, everything off of the problem. We need to put it upon God. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, if then you were raised with Christ, 
Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Verse 3, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So powerful, because we need to set our minds on things that are in the heavenlies. We need to set our mind upon God. If we want a solution to sickness and disease, we need to focus on the solution. But too frequently, the way of human logic is to study the problem. And maybe through studying the problem enough, we'll figure out a solution. That's human effort. That's not the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ is that Jesus knew the problem. The Father knew the problem. And Jesus died because he knew the problem. And he rose again to be the solution to the problem. He bore our sickness. He bore our pain. He bore our sorrow. He took them. Why would we want to try to better understand a problem that our Heavenly Father and the Son of God and the Holy Spirit all knew and knows right now more intimately than us. God knows every cellular process in your body. He knows every hair on your head. It is not going to be fruitful to study the problem because if we study the problem, we're not going to tell God anything that he doesn't already know. He knows our problem with perfect knowledge. Better to get healing and victory is to focus upon the one who not only had perfect knowledge of the problem, but has perfectly provided the solution. I mean, many times when we go to the doctor in the natural, we rely on that doctor with his understanding of the problem to prescribe a medication or a procedure. Why not go to God? He has perfect understanding of the problem. And why not? Just focus on the medicine that he gives, which is the stripes of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, the casting out of darkness for the healing of sickness and disease. Yes, he gave the early believers in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, he gave them power over unclean spirits and to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. We would be much more profitable to simply receive what the Word of God says. We need to get in agreement. Friends, we need to get into agreement with what the Word of God is saying. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Well, I don't want to look unto the devil, the author and finisher of doubt. I want to look unto Jesus. And by looking at his scripture, by looking at the word of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we are able to direct our eyes upon what Jesus has provided. He is the word. The word of God is the revelation of Jesus. Jesus in Revelation 19, verse 10, it's revealed that he is the testimony of the spirit of prophecy. If we want him, if we want the healer to bring the healing, we've got to look at the word 
and pray the word that reveals to him. Now, the word of God is powerful. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Praise God. It's the word of God that has power to pastor my mind, to overcome my emotions. If you are someone that has been touched with fear and doubt and uncertainty and depression and hopelessness, by focusing on the word of God, it will pull you into Jesus and he will begin to author. His love will author a new pastoring. And that word of God will overwhelm the thoughts of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Yes, it is powerful to pray the word of God because it has power to overcome your soul and to overcome all that the devil is trying to do. That's why verse number four of Matthew chapter four is so powerful. Jesus, when he was tempted, when he was not eating for 40 days and nights, it says the devil came and and tempted him to turn a stone into bread. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need to live and pray the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We should not be praying words that come out of friends who don't know God, doctors who don't know God. We need to pray the word that comes forth from the mouth of God. When we do this, we will powerfully discover the next reason we should pray the word of God. Here it is. It brings us into agreement with God. This is powerful because, again, when we're praying, If we are praying in agreement with God's word, we are then walking in unity with God and we can believe what God has said and God's power will flow. Healing will flow. But if we're praying prayers that are out of alignment, out of agreement with God, we cannot expect to receive what that word gives because we're not in agreement with it. To not be in agreement with it means we're not receiving from it. When I want to receive something from someone and they say, go to this place at this time and ask for this information and give this information and they'll give you the package. If I go to the wrong location and I don't give the proper information, I'm never going to receive that package that was prepared for me. Well, in the same way, I'm asking God for something and God says, here's how to receive it. But I follow different instructions. I follow instructions through human reasoning instead of God's word. Should we expect to receive what God said? No. And this is why prayer in the word of God and praying the word of God brings us into agreement with what God has provided. All right. Well, we're ready for it. Get ready. Because we're going to go into prayer. We're going to do it again. I'm going to take another selection of scripture. Just like part one. 
And I'm going to go ahead and pray the word of God in Isaiah chapter 53, beginning in verse 1 through verse 6. And again, I'm doing this to demonstrate not only how to pray the word of God, but to demonstrate the release that comes from the word of God. Because as you pray with faith, you're going to feel differently and you're going to feel encouraged and you're going to feel led and shepherded by the spirit of God through the word of God. Okay, are you ready? Get ready if you're not. Get into a quiet place and let's get ready to pray. Again, I'm going to open up Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 through 6. For those who would like to follow along, I'm reading from the New King James Version also. Here we go. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you that it is living, it is powerful. And I thank you that you are the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we desire for our fear, doubt, our uncertainty to die and to leave us. We renounce it. And Lord, we now pray your word in Isaiah. Lord, we go to your word to pastor our thoughts, emotions, and to encourage our faith to see you. For Lord, when we see you, we can hear from you. When we hear from you, we're able to receive from you. And if we receive from you, Lord, then we can act upon it. So Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, you have said and asked a question, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Lord, we declare that today, many years later, we have heard of Jesus. We have heard of the Messiah. And Lord, we declare that we put our faith, our hope, our trust in you. Lord, we declare that we have believed the report and Lord, you reveal that, that he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. And Lord, you said that he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. That Lord, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Lord, we receive this prophecy about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We receive, Lord God, that he was not someone that was beautiful and and just walking around that everyone would desire him. Lord, he was rejected. And Lord God, we receive this Jesus. We receive this reality that Jesus was rejected so we could be accepted. That Lord God, that he was someone that came, Lord God, in lowly humility And Lord, that he was a man of sorrows, Lord. He was a man, Lord God, that had pains and sicknesses, Lord. Lord, he was acquainted with grief. Lord, we recognize that Jesus was a suffering Savior. Lord, that he was a suffering, suffering, suffering Savior, Lord. And Father, we realize that he was rejected by men. Even today, Lord, so many reject your gift of salvation and of healing. But Lord, we declare that we receive this humble, suffering servant, this Jesus, your son, Lord. And we declare God in agreement that surely he, Jesus, has borne, taken our griefs. Lord, we know this is translated sicknesses in Hebrew. Lord, we agree with you that Jesus Christ of Nazareth has taken our sicknesses. 
and carried our sorrows. Lord, we recognize means pains. And Lord God, so we know that Jesus has taken, he has borne them. He has borne our sicknesses and our pains. Lord, we agree that Jesus on the cross, Lord, he was, est- he was esteemed, stricken, and, and Lord, he was smitten by you and he was afflicted. But God, we receive that Jesus was not wounded for his transgressions. No, verse 5, Lord, it says he was wounded, he was crushed for our transgressions, for our sins. And Lord, we recognize that he was bruised for our iniquities. Lord, the chastisement, the punishment for our peace was upon him. Lord, we receive that this is a gift to us, Lord that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And Lord, we are no longer going to suffer. And Lord, you are not calling us to suffer for our own sins because your son Jesus took them. Lord, we recognize that it makes no sense for you to put our sins and the punishment and the chastisement of our peace on Jesus and then desire us to suffer for it. Lord, you have called Jesus to suffer for it. And we thank you. We recognize and we receive that Jesus suffered for our sins. And the chastisement, the punishment for our peace was upon him. Lord, we right now declare that the sickness and disease upon us is not from you. That you are not punishing us. Lord, it pleased you to lay it on Jesus so that we can be free. Lord, we declare in verse 5 that by your stripes we are healed. We are not sick. By your suffering we are healed. We are made whole. You have brought shalom. You have brought peace to us, Lord. And Father, we declare that we are healed right now. We receive this suffering. We receive this gift that you took it from us. We receive this glorious, wonderful grace that all the punishment of our sickness, disease, and sin is upon Jesus. And in return, we receive healing. That because Jesus suffered, we are made healed. We are made whole. Lord, we declare healing to our body now. We receive this and we tell all sickness and disease, you are operating in our bodies illegally. Because we are children of the Most High. And Jesus has taken the consequence of our sin and laid it on Jesus. We command all pain to leave. We command every infirmity to leave. And we command every painful sickness to depart. We speak to COVID-19. And we speak to cancer. And we speak to all weakness. And we speak to all breathing problems, asthma, and all problems and sicknesses and diseases. And we command that darkness to depart from us in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare it be gone because by your stripes, by the whips on your back, we are healed. We receive it right now. We act upon it, Lord, and we receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Now we receive this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, I pray that as you were praying with me right now, that your faith was flowing in agreement with God's word. 
Yes, Jesus took it. Jesus took every ounce of sickness and disease. He took it. Let him take it forever. We are done with sickness and disease. And if the devil tries to put it on you, command it out and agree with the word of God that by Jesus Christ's stripes, we are healed. Thank you, Lord. May you be blessed. And we look forward to speaking to you next week on the Be Healed podcast. Make sure you share this podcast. Send it out. Share it on social media. Tell someone about it because the word of God can go forth and produce the miracles that everyone is praying for. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.